1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start Shopping. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Rutgers rant. Politi here. Forty-two, twenty-four loss to Maryland. Third straight loss to these guys. We ran out of gas. That was the post-game explanation by Greg Schiano. While that might be true, it was not a popular take on the game based on a lot of the tweets and comments I saw. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what happened. And it was, it was the way they lost was disheartening. If you're a Rutgers fan, you thought the defense had made a lot of progress this year, but then, you know, here comes Maryland. Here comes that passing attack at 28-3 early in the second quarter. And all those big
1: plays on defense, you didn't see all year. Bam. You know, that was, that was kind of the story of the game. Rutgers had given up two pass plays of 40 plus yards in the first 11 games of the year. And within, 18 minutes against Maryland, four drives, they gave up two of them. And that was really the story of the game, because by the time Talia Tagavailoa throws that, that his third touchdown, 40-yard bomb immediately after a botched Rutgers punt, they're up 28-3, it's over. Rutgers had not scored. They'd scored more than 27 points in a Big Ten game once against Indiana. They clearly did not have the firepower to come back. And while they kind of flirted with the comeback, that was really not. I mean, if you're watching the game and if you've watched this team all year, really was not in the cards and the running out of gas bit is probably true last year they played maryland they were out of gas and the game was essentially meaningless this year they clinched the bowl game already and this game really was essentially meaningless aside from you know yes winning four big 10 games is nice and all the things you could have gotten clinching a winning record it's essentially meaningless and i know they're not rivals but i gotta think by this point getting your ass kicked three years in a row by maryland has, start, has, has got to start getting under people's craw, no? Like, it's one oh, thing, it's yeah. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, but Maryland?
0: I mean, absolutely. Especially the way Maryland played, Pat. It wasn't like, you know, it's one thing we thought Maryland would be really good early in the year. They're six and
2: five coming to this game. They lost, what, five out of six games? It was, uh, yeah. And they lost to the Northwestern in an ugly game. For all the praise that we gave Maryland, it seemed like by the midway point of the season that had evaporated. And they were kind of full mixing themselves. So I find it very interesting that Rutgers ran out of gas, but a team like Maryland with a very similar identity, you know, roster breakdown, their team didn't break down in the end. You know, they, they showed up to play. And I I, I just think it was a little bit of an indictment on Shiano. I think he took some blame in the press conference afterwards, but they were just flat from the beginning and, the the injuries certainly have mounted for sure but it feels a little bit more like an excuse than than uh than anything when you when you look at the circumstances yeah i mean an well, excuse and then it's also
0: it, it certainly is on greg shannon he admitted it and he it, it, you know, the fact that this program does not have the depth needed to counter when you lose when Dean Jennings can only play 15 games or you know when you start losing some guys and all of a sudden you know, it's supposed to be next man up. You're supposed to have in the program and the pipeline. Oh boy, there's that word. Um, you're supposed to have guys who can come in and, and and pick up where the last guy left off. And it's just not. It's not been the case. You know, for me, I guess when I you hear that, it's not just you know this team <laughs> ran out of gas. It's you know it, it's it's a pattern. He, he's one in eleven in in November since uh, the last three years. We take COVID year out of the equation. Some someone went back further. Uh, I won't name his name, but his name rhymes with Thies Cargent, old friend of the pod. Went back further, it's 16 and 39. That's Greg's record in November games period. I didn't double check that, but sorry, is usually right him on that. So, I mean, it is, this is, this is something we've seen from this program before. Again, you're playing your harder competition at the end of the year. I get it. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a pattern and it's, it's, it's a concern. I think if you're, if you're looking for where this program is going to go in the future, you've got to be better. You've got to get better as the year goes on.
1: I would say a couple things. One, I think we did the math in the press box. Five of those 11 losses were against the big three, correct? Sure. Right. Yep. Um, and to this year, especially, you're grinding it out against Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, like these elite defenses that uh, add up, one, are hard to beat and really grind you out. I thought an interesting question that uh, Craig Epstein of The Night Report asked Greg Shiano is like, do you think that your style of play lends itself to burning out late in the year? Do you think this grinded out, defensive style, running the ball, does it? I'm not so sure. Garciano didn't seem very sure either, said he had to think about it. Maybe that's it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just, to your point, lack of depth. They just don't have enough guys. They play a lot of their first-team guys. I don't know how much they do compared to other teams. Um, this is just me spitballing here. But sure, I think that when you take the next step as a program and you start wanting to keep, compete for better bowl games and eight-win, nine-win seasons – Obviously, the games in November really matter, so mm-hmm. that might be something worth looking into. And to the Maryland standpoint, I think they're a tough matchup for Rutgers in general. Playing them when you're banged up and having to deal with that air raid attack, obviously, it won't be as drastic when Talia Tagovailoa, literally the Big Ten's most prolific passer of all time, is gone, but I think that might be Part of why they struggled so much with Maryland, too, all those factors.
0: Yeah. And it was not just, and it's funny that I, I did like that question from Greg, but it's not just uh, the style of play. It, you know, at least the first time, we first go around, it was the style of coaching. I mean, it was a lot. He was a very demanding coach. You get to the end of the year, you're not just physically tired, you're mentally tired. I've heard from many people that that's, you know, backing, he's been backing off the camp, the camp wasn't as physical the day to day the practices during the week like that quote unquote learned that lesson from the first go around. I'm not there but I don't know. I can't I can't tell you if that's the case. Uh clearly, you know, I mean Pat, this is just where this program is now. It just, you know, it just it gets to this point of the year and it, it just it just doesn't have that next gear.
2: I was listening to uh WFAN over the weekend and uh Otis Anderson had a nice uh a really interesting point and uh I, I thought it was it's worth bringing up here, and and he was talking about his generation of football players in the NFL versus the current, and and why everyone gets injured all the time. And his point was basically like, when when you practice and you don't get hit a lot, then you're more vulnerable to to injuries. And uh, I, I don't, I'm you know, I'm certainly not a sports doc, sports medicine doctor, or anything like that. But um, it's certainly a trend that's going on in football, and and worth at, at least discussing a little bit, yeah. like. The way you practice should dictate the way you play. and just in general, teams are teams have taken a lot off on practice and you're seeing more injuries and the prevalence of injuries stacking up, you know in college and in the NFL. So I think that's interesting. I don't know how much Rutgers, like you said, she certainly played in that trend. But I don't know how much of that impacted this season, but it just seemed like like watching that Penn State game and seeing someone go down every other play. It was like, wow, these guys are just either just so physically uh, grinded out or this is something, you know, from from another planet like it doesn't happen like that. I, I thought that was very, very bizarre.
0: Of course, a lot of a lot of players from Otis Anderson's generation have tapioca pudding between their brains now from the way. they're, But but to your point, yeah, I mean, I, I, certainly that is an interesting theory. I've heard from a lot of people of that generation. I don't know if it's true or not, but it certainly is. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, Gavin Wim said again, and I've, I've made I've made too I've made too much of one pass. And I'm trying not to make this, you know, a referendum on him. We, we don't, you know, we don't pile on Gavin. He had a bad game. But I just, I just feel like I know, I feel like I know, knew that he was going to have a bad game from his very first pass. Rutgers moves the ball to the Maryland forty-eight yard line. It looks like it's going to. Oh, maybe this is a shootout. Maybe this is the kind of game this is going to be. Maybe Rutgers is going to get in that mode. Second and six, you know, six five. Sean Bowman wide open, and he thro- overthrows it by four feet. And I, and I just looked at that and then you know they, they don't get the, they don't get it on fourth down and there's immediate like our, our tech services filled with people ripping kirk shiraka's kirk fourth down call and i'm thinking to myself i mean the quarterback they would still be on the field if he could make one of the four easiest throws a quarterback can make he just had this drop back bop and he throws a four feet over, and 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 they did it and they must have been I didn't, you know. You watched it, Brian. Tell me for a moment. There must have been a half dozen like that. Like when a couple of them, when he overthrew Kyle Monunkai, you know, Pat. Pat, I think you made the point. He he overthrew one so bad. He overthrew the defenders too. So it was like a good. At least there's a good side of it. Again, I don't want to pile on, but it's just like I don't know. You
1: just can't. You can't beat a team that has a good quarterback when your quarterback's playing like that. You just can't. I don't think you're piling on because it's one thing. College co- quarterbacks make mistakes all the time, and we try to be generous. They're just kids. Fine. But it's telling when he sails the ball 30 feet over Sean Bowman's head, who's a big a big guy. It's the first pass of the game, and no one's really like, whoa. It's kind of like you shrug because right. oh, mom, yeah. sure. he's made throws like this all year, and he made throws like this throughout the game. Again, he is the least accurate quarterback who has at least 125 dropbacks in major college football for the second consecutive year. It's a pattern. This is who he is at this point. I know there is a belief that maybe he could adjust his accuracy a bit, but I'm barring getting a prime Randy Moss and four Marvin Harrison juniors on this roster. I'm not sure how much more the personnel could help him because you're not going to get a 10 foot receiver to make that catch. And you're not going to get a guy I'm sure maybe you guys in the NFL can make it, but when Jaquay Jackson's five feet away from him and he's throwing a frozen rope like he's Garrett Cole throwing a fastball down the middle, it's really hard for Jaquay Jackson to make that catch. Gavin has added a lot to this team. He has improved immensely from last year in a couple of areas, running primarily, but if you can't throw the ball with minimum accuracy, I think, to your point, Steve, that first throw is a throw 99% of FBS quarterbacks should make. I think if a coach was scouting a quarterback in high school, and he saw him miss that pass. He'd be like, I don't I don't know about this kid because he can't complete the simple pass. I think it is an alarming trend. I think we've talked about this at nauseam and we'll spend the whole offseason talking about this because I think Gavin Wimsett's going to be the quarterback next year. But this is the issue that Rutgers is going to have to deal with. And barring a shocking, like I would be shocked if they went for a portal quarterback or if A.J. Surace beats Gavin Wimsett out in the next year. This is just kind of what Rutgers and Rutgers fans are going to have to uh, watch for the next year or so.
0: I'm coming I'm coming back on the other side of that. I would not be shocked. And I just don't think, and again, I just do not think that Greg is a smart football coach, his entire program is now built on this fifth season. It's going to be an important year. He knows he's got to win games. I just can't, I just can't see Again, that guy—he'll prove me wrong. We'll be sitting there at the Howard game, like ah, (laughs) Puliti, you know. But I just take me four games in that year, right? We—I just—if he's still like this, and I get it, you got eight months to get better. I just don't know. I just don't know how you get how that. If you still can't do that at age twenty, three years into your college career. I don't know how you're gonna do that age 21, four years into the college. I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't think the light if the light bulb goes on, someone can come next to me and say, see, it just it just takes a little patience, Steve. And I'll be okay, you're right. But man, Pat, that's got a
2: that's a bright light that has to go on. It's crazy too, because he, he comes out as a four-star recruit, he arrives early, and there's all this hype. And like he threw that one really nice ball to Isaiah Washington when you're like, Oh, okay, all right, he throws the deep ball pretty well. It's just the lack of consistency is mind-boggling. Like every, you think he takes two steps forward, but he's really taking a step back every time. Just think about what this offense would have been without the emergence of Kyle Manungay. It would have been worse than last year, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure that we would have said any there would be any progress with Gavin Wimsett whatsoever. So I, I just think basically two two seasons of a sample size is enough to say that that all right, we've seen maybe a flash of, uh, of some good plays, but when, when you can't parlay any of that growth, that's the big, that's, that's what alarms me the most. Like you wanted to see growth at the end of the season and that didn't happen in my opinion. Right.
0: right. And yeah. And it's, and, and to, because it's not just the overthrows or the men it's, you know, there there was a moment in that game Christian Dremel gets behind the defense, yeah. you know, yep. he's, and just wide open. And he throws in the coverage. And I, but it it wasn't like it was the other side of the field. He wasn't looking that way. It was the same, just stuff like that. And when you, and then you see, and I guess maybe that's part of what, you know, there are a lot of bad quarterbacks in the Big Ten. We've seen, we see them every week. It's just all right. So then you see a good one, and it's in front of you, and you, and you see what, you know, he didn't have like a, he didn't have a lot of time. He he's got better playmakers. I get it. But you know, there are just moments where he just took off, scrambled, ran around. And then all of a sudden the ball's delivered on a frozen rope to, to some guy who's just open on the sideline. You're like, I, I what? you know, it's just like, wow, that's what it looks like. You know, like, that's it. That's the difference. Like, don't let's not overthink this. this, this here's the difference in that game. You know? Okay. Not like Maryland. Maryland is like, you know, Ohio state where they're just so far ahead in every possible way these are two similar programs one has one has a very good to great college quarterback the other one was Rutgers that's <laughs> just kind of where it is. Bull bid though he's got a 15 weeks of practice 15 practices excuse me been 15 weeks it's gonna seem like 15 weeks uh 15 practices to get ready for the bull bid uh funny I was looking at the I was kind of doing the the bowl projection search mostly pinch rates but there are a couple of guaranteed rate in there which I didn't love to see what two sense guys is that just people Trying to be different?
1: I think we've kind of solved the puzzle to a certain point. I I would be very surprised if we didn't get to the Las Vegas Bowl, and it's going to be Rutgers, Maryland, Northwestern, and Minnesota, which got bowl eligible. I don't know if you guys saw this. They were the last team. There's one spot left, and they're the top APR team. Wow, I didn't see this. Colorado State is playing Hawaii in the last game of the year, of the regular season. If Colorado State wins, they get the last bowl bid. If Hawaii wins, Minnesota gets the last bowl bid. At 1:25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Hawaii nails a game-winning field goal <laughs> as time expires <laughs> to send Minnesota to a bowl game. Roll That's- the boat, baby. Amazing stuff. PJ Fleck hmm. must have been jumping off the walls in his apartment in Minneapolis. Just <laughs> awesome. Anyway, so they're in the You don't think you
0: don't think PJ's got a house in Minneapolis at this point. Just
1: serves. Well, you know, with the way his job security is at the point, he might okay. want to... All right, know, go on. I'm sorry. That, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Also, I don't know what the real estate is like in Minneapolis. I don't know how yeah. much return on investment he can make. That's I know true. a few Rutgers fans who are realtors, we can ask them. Right. Anyway, right. I would say they're probably not in the running for the Las Vegas Bowl. As we've discussed ad nauseum in the press box that you were very adamant about, Maryland beating Rutgers makes them a more attractive team for the Las Vegas Bowl, which I, after watching that game, could not agree more with. <laughs> you think, if, yeah. They're infinitely more entertaining TV product. They probably have roughly the same fan base that would travel. I would say that that would leave Rutgers and Northwestern for the Pinstripe Bowl. Why would the Pinstripe Bowl pick Northwestern over Rutgers?
0: I, I, I can't see a reason. Yeah,
1: I, I can't. I can't. I think the guys I saw Jerry Palm predicted that and I saw I think you mentioned another guy. They're probably just doing it to differentiate from the entire consensus of Rutgers is playing in the Pinstripe Bowl. Right. And this, this stuff is inexact. I saw one of the ESPN guys pick Clemson play Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. I don't think Clemson is going to the pinstripe bowl at eight and four, but that'd be
0: something blue
1: blood program,
0: blue blood, blue blood program in a bowl. Georgia tech is another popular one. I think NC state played itself out of the pinstripe bowl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what Nunzio? Nunzio, that
1: would be something. I,
0: so weren't they just there a couple of years ago? They were there last year. Last I don't year, think
1: ATC has the same rules, though, as the Big Ten. Like, I don't know. I don't think the the Pinstripe Bull would invite them again, especially not when they played Pitt there and there was maybe 200 people in the stands a couple of weeks ago. But it would be a very fun storyline. Nunzio, Chiano. of course. Two, Jersey, Italian American guys, like the day, two days after Christmas. Like, just what else do you want? At Yankee Stadium.
2: Have Tommy DeVito there just the you know. flipping would... the coin, the first coin. <laughs> yeah.
1: he is a Q's alum, right? He graduated before he went that's to right, the right. That's yes, right. Yes, he did. Yes, that's he did. Right. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, he's still on the team, right? Get him coming out just because.
0: Yep. Yep. That, hey, that would be – there'd be some juice to that one. I mean, if you're looking at matchups, that's certainly better than Georgia Tech, better than Boston College. Would I just – I mean, I don't know. I get it that that's at least a regional rivalry, but, man, there's not a lot of – I can't – we'd be manufacturing some juice on that one. Um, who any see,
2: any other possible ACC teams? Uh, Georgia Tech, I, I've been seeing for a couple weeks. Like you said, North Carolina State was a popular pick midseason, but they they got to what nine wins. So, Georgia Tech
0: did. I'm not, this is a almost again, almost is a
1: stretch here, but almost beat Georgia. I mean, played tough against Georgia, so that'd be a good opponent. It'd be the uh Austin Dean Bowl, the backup linebacker who transferred to Georgia Tech from Rutgers this offseason. I'm sure everyone is thinking That's about it. that.
0: Sure. That's definitely the storyline that we'll be banging the drum out of. But uh, yeah. All right. So pinstripe bowl, logical choice. Probably, you know, if we were talking early in season, that's what we would have been like. All right. That's going to be the ceiling for this team. And here we are. So you kind of have to look at it that way.
1: I think I've changed my mind on the pinstripe bowl, too, because I was looking at the guaranteed rate bowl. It is 9 p.m. the day after Christmas. Yeah, it's rough. Phoenix sounds nice this time of year, but ah, a nice little drive up to the Bronx. Get it over with. Wet my hands clean. Move on to the offseason, I think would be much better.
0: Well, the off season is starts right now, and that was one thing Greg Shanno talked about was just how he did he did not plan or did not want to take away from the Maryland preparations to plan for what's going to be a you know for any college program a tumultuous time before the portal opens here. So that's what true or false is, fellas. I think you know what's coming. Let's see if we can determine the future of this program here with uh, with a few true or falses ready? true or false kyle Manungai will be back for another season pat i'm gonna say false yeah brian false yeah i'm going false i feel like christian isian broke that one on twitter i'm like damn man He's just answering one of Fonseca's tweets. I don't think if you said people aren't on Twitter all day long or X, whatever the hell it's called now. Um, yeah. You know, he, t- he tweeted out a photo. Brian tweeted out a photo of uh, Kyle signing autographs before he left the, the field. And is this his last time at SSI stadium? Is he just comes over the top? Yes. I'm like, wow. Ooh. So if he has inside information kind of spoiling the moment for,
1: uh, for Kyle, but yeah, I think he's, uh, he, I got a vibe from him. He's going to go. Well, Izian is apparently knows more than Kyle, who told us, and he has no reason to lie to us, that he has not made a decision yet. Would, would Kyle Munungai have made a decision and told us? Maybe. Very, very. Maybe. There's no reason
0: not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, he did. He
1: did say he would play in the bowl game. Do you think he could declare and still play in the bowl game? Like, do you think he'd be the kind of guy who would not worry about hurting his NFL draft, draft stock or getting hurt and still playing the bowl game?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he's that kind of guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, if he, if he took some of the film of what the uh, turf at Yankee Stadium is like in uh, late December, he might reconsider that. But, I mean, he's already banged up. He's he's a he's a, he's a warrior. He will play in the game. He, he's in this program that many years. I, I would think, I could be wrong, but I would think he would play in the game. True or false, Mo Ture will be back for another season. Pat? True. Brian? False. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go true. And we, I was to uh, talk to Mo after the game. I was in that little huddle. It, it sounded like that he he wanted to, he wants to come back, but yeah, he's talking, he was talking it out and he was talking to me, uh, Chris Heisman, a couple you know, just about his thought process. And he did say one thing. It's like, but man, I've been here for five years. And it's just kind of like laughing about it. Like it's been a long time. I granted, but I do think there's position switch chance to put on the tape. I'm going to go true for now that he would be a guy and a guy who if they have any money in the N.I. The pot, they're
2: going to give it to Motore, you would think. Got Certainly, it. And there was, there was a comment that he said that another year of film at linebacker would be yep. beneficial for him in the NFL. I think that's the reason why you got to say
0: yeah. true or false. Max Melton will be back for another season.
2: That false. Like he could have left after last <laughs> season. Right. Yeah. So this was his Brian. comeback year.
1: Yeah, Mel Kuiper had him as one of the better players in his position last December. Finished the year strong, had a pick. Uh, this game had a pick against Iowa. He did say he hasn't even thought about his future. He was just so worried about Maryland. And yeah. I take him at his face value there, too. I would be b- pretty surprised if he came back. And I think the right decision, honestly, is to go to the NFL.
0: Yeah, he's the only one I would list as zero percent. I think he's a goner. Uh, Flip Dixon will be back for another season.
2: Pat, true or False. Yeah, he played really well. I thought he was uh, definitely boosted his NFL stock, so I'm going to say false.
1: Brian? I'll say true. I think they took him with the goal of him playing two seasons. I think <laughs> uh, they need him at safety, and uh, I think I think another year would be good for him, so I will say true.
0: Yeah, another guy we, you would think they would open the NIL coffers for him. Uh, I am still... Kind of on the false. This is a 50 50 one for me. A coin flip. But I'm going with false just because I don't know. It seems different with transfers. Like, you, you know, they're not as invested in the we built, we built this thing back
2: up narrative. Uh, so for now, I'm going to go false in that one.
0: Uh, how about Robert Longerbeam back for another
2: season? Pat. He falls in the monungai category where he had such a great season that I don't even know that he could play better than he did. But he could come back and be the the number one cornerback. And so that. All right, he's coming back. I think he's coming back. Uh true. Brian. Agree totally with Pat.
0: True. Yep. I'm gonna go true as well. Yep. You think he's a, he's another guy that will pay. Okay. Uh Holland Pierce will be back for another season. Pat? True or false?
2: Pierce. Uh yeah, I do. I think hmm. he'll be back.
0: Is he an NFL prospect?
2: Definitely got the size. Yeah, got the size intermits. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> um Brian? He played well too. He played yeah. well too. I, th- I think so. I'd have to look at the, the pressure numbers, but he the offensive line played really well and he played almost every snap of every game. I would argue he's their best offensive lineman. I'll say true he'll come back, but don't say they gotta open up the NIL coffers for him too, because they're running out of money, Steve, with everyone you're paying.
0: Now that's it. They got yes, absolutely. Shake that UNICEF box. You've gotta yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go true. He'll be back. Uh, anybody else who else will be missing? That has a big decision as I put bu- as I as I built this list
1: uh reggie sutton has another year i would guess that uh it might be a nice send off for him to play in the bowl game call it a career be glad he got to play out another year of football and he's healthy um i think playing another year would probably be a stretch i'll pull you up a list i made a list last night let me Aaron see lewis is probably on there oh i forgot Aaron?
0: about
2: Lewis. yep gone
1: yeah uh,
2: i think he's back i think he's back I really think... yeah he seems like the guy that we built this program kind of narrative fits him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could see that play another year for Rutgers being like a Johnny Lanyon type leader.
0: Yeah. Is he closer to a Darius Hamilton who probably doesn't didn't have a, a good college player, wouldn't have a pro future? Or do, do you think he's got an NFL that, that I don't I haven't studied this one. What 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 is the consensus or what, what do you think?
1: I think he has a shot. I think the one thing missing with him is like he creates a ton of pressure. He's just not explosive and he doesn't get to the quarterback. Like he'll create pressure, but he can't get the sacks. I thought his numbers were a bit disappointing this season. A lot of people, PFF and preseason projections had him having a huge year. Didn't really live up to that sack wise. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think he could afford to come back for another year, build that resume, built his stock, and to Pat's point, built his legacy, because I do think that he has a chance of being one of the guys that's remembered from this era. I think Darius Hamilton's a bit unfair because Darius Hamilton was, I don't know if calling him a bust is fair, but he was like a five-star guy, like a can't-miss prospect who right. dealt with a lot of injuries and played on bad teams. So I wouldn't really compare those two. Anybody else? Wesley Bailey, I think he's back. Mm-hmm. Dealt with injury a lot this year. Uh, right. The big one we didn't mention, Tyreen Powell. Oh right, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh huh. I think that, I, I would think because of the injury, he's back. I thought he was the most pro ready. Yeah. Along with Max Melton, though, right? So they caught a break with him getting hurt. Then that sounds terrible, yeah. but it might be the case. Yeah. Still, maybe he realized like, what? What if a uh, you know injury could derail his career, college career and professional uh, potential? So. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think he's a 50, 50 guy too. Are agree. there,
0: are there guys on this list or on this team who are, we've talked only about the NFL and it seems like what the bigger decisions are either stay here or go, are there guys in this list that we're not talking about who are possible players to jump to another program for, for like, who's the biggest concern on that list? Ian strong. Like I think programs want guys who show potential they can play at the big, like at this level, Have a few years left, right? Like, who would you put on that list?
1: I would say those guys, like the young guys who showed potential and the grad transfers. I think those are the most valuable guys because they can transfer whenever. I think Aaron Lewis is graduating this year, so I think he could be a guy that if he went to the portal, he can make some money. I think Kyle Menungai, I think Menungai is more NFL than college, but you know, you're a Big Ten leading rusher, you have another year of eligibility. Guys, running backs make some money in the portal, so I think that's a guy that if he were to enter his name, again, these are not guys that we think are leaving, but these are guys that if they enter the portal, they'd be valuable. Uh, a guy that has another year, Christian Dremel, he has another year. I don't know how valuable he would be, but he has another year.
0: How <laughs> yeah, are, do, are they looking for – I mean, Maybe. I just don't think like you don't see like a old Miss coming in. I need Dremel. You know we got to get him down to SEC country. my best, Wright Thompson impersonation. Um,
1: Clemson is looking at him like, oh my God, Hunter Renfro 2.0. <laughs> back the glory days, baby. Good. Uh, that's, that's I think. Good. Look, I think it's hard to pro, pro, uh, project any of this stuff. This is of course when the portal opens next Monday. It's going to be, and they've said this every year for the past two years, and it's been true. It's going to be a zoo. I don't think there should be any surprises with anything because as we saw with basketball, for example, you think you're safe and then it's June and you lost two starters in your backcourt. So I don't think that's going to happen for football, but if it does, I will be totally shocked. Experience the
0: Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right, coming in. Let's flip it this way because this will we'll get to the uh, insider questions in a minute. This was a big one, obviously. Which positions do you think coming in? Like, I think they're 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 going to take a tight end. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. Sean Bowman's going to leave. Johnny's leaving. They need they need someone there. Is there another position that you look at? You're like, all right, they've got to get someone from in the portal for this. They
1: needed a tight end last year. Well, they got a a tight end last year, (laughs) yeah. Well, The very last second in the summer. And it was, I mean, I'm sure Sean Bowman is a very nice kid. He wasn't a very good tight end. He was obviously not the solution at the position. So um, I do think they'll prioritize tight end, but I would say they'd probably prioritize offensive line, defensive line. They lose two senior tackles in Maya Nahanatu and Isaiah Aiton. Anything else, Pat? Am I missing anything? I would say
2: wide receiver would be a priority, but then you're also bringing back all those really talented Ian Strongs and Fama Tore, all those young guys that you probably want to see on the field at some point. So if you just keep bringing in guys, like you're delaying the inevitable.
0: Yeah. Wanted to see them on the field like four weeks ago, but that's yeah. yeah the
1: right, yeah. Right. seen Brantley also could potentially have, right, right. Cause he obviously didn't play this year. That was a big disappointment for them. In the right. wide receiver room. Uh, Chris long. If he comes back, I don't know how much you trust him Cause he's been perennially injured, but he's a guy that could help that room. But I do think that with Jaquay Jackson leaving, And the obvious lack of top end talent at the position they've had this year, as good as Christian Dremel was, I do think that if they can get a number one wide receiver, they should, but that's a lot of money for NIL and a lot of competition between the top teams. So, uh, But I do think that wide receiver, they got to get at least one. Quarterback? (laughs) <laughs> head on the table. This is going to be the entire offseason, this
0: conversation. I mean, I wrote last year, I wrote at signing day, he, he could not go into this year without getting a quarterback from the portal. He did not. And we're going to lose, everything, every, I think, talk about players who lose. If Evan Simon is on this team next year, I would be floored. He's in the portal. So you have a you have a room. in So right now your room is, Gavin said Johnny Shepard, and AJ Cerise, essentially. I mean, so you've got to bring in somebody.
2: Yeah, it's not, you think? It's not a Bad call. But Do like, you think maybe? No I don't know. That. Do you? a Good like, question. When I hear Greg talk, it just seems like he was so impressed by, and maybe that's just what the what he wants to say publicly for Gavin and other people to hear. But it just seemed like he was so willing to defend his quarterback and his improvement through and through, and like that seemed so anti shiano based on his history.
0: Well, I mean, he's not a guy who he's not a guy who rips
2: players publicly, and that would no, that I, would solve I nothing. Like, I, I mean, like switching quarterbacks. Oh, by switching quarterbacks, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I
0: think the problem. I, I mean, we've gotten this quite. People are like, why wouldn't they play Evan Simon? Because I think they I think Evan Simon told them, "Sayonara." You know, I think there's no, So they're going to play out Johnny Shepard, who's a true freshman. You're not going to put someone else in. That's just not. So they did not have a backup quarterback who could possibly play at a level, even when Kevin was playing poorly protecting football man He protecting football he didn't get sacked he managed the game whatever he want. ran the ball well there didn't have a quarterback who's going to be better than that um but yeah i mean they've got to create competition in that room you cannot i mean i just be you can again he can but i would just be stunned if he went and if he went into next year where in july we're like oh yeah gavin's our quarterback i just i would it would surprise me a little bit no where is the money coming from but i, I get it i know Somebody that we got, some, you gotta have a, somebody right. Yeah, cool. even if I, don't I, can't, I don't know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I'm
2: not like you can oh, sell me. sell this program playing in the Big Ten to a, <laughs> an FCS, an Ivy League guy that it can at least, uh, you know, be a voice in the room, uh, can create some competition. I could totally see that.
0: Is there not a Noah Vedral? There must right, be right, somewhere, right.
2: right? Right. What was
0: the kid from Washington who played it? we uh, got a Kyle,
1: is there not a Kyle Boland? Like, do you want Kyle Bolin? Have you seen Kyle Bolin? What stats was the research? guy with the guns from Texas? McLean <laughs> Carter. Have you seen McLean Carter? McLean Carter failed out in Germany. He couldn't play college football.
0: I just want some
1: people. Do you remember the depths of the quarterback? I do. I was there. I think we are going a little too far on the other edge of this conversation. I
0: don't. I'm not saying as a starter. I think you're just going to bring. Just all right. So you're going to go in the season. You tell me right now, Brian. You're going to go in the season with a running quarterback who might get hurt. And you're gonna to have to. The only other quarterbacks in the program are gonna be a true freshman and a kid that Old Dominion wanted, who offered a scholarship to. You that's want good. to go they, to the portal and get a quarterback who is worse than Gavin Wimsen. So you're no, but you're just telling me this is the argument. You're just telling me that's gonna be your quarterback room. It's gonna be a true freshman who you're really high on, who's gonna be 18 years old, and it's gonna be a recruit that you plucked at the last minute from Old Dominion the, and Gavin Wimpson. That that's gonna be that's those are gonna be your passers next year. Is how, that what much you're worse, me? how much worse is that? than what they had this year well if aj cerace is the guy it, it could be better than this year absolutely yeah but i yeah,
1: mean Evan but we as good of a backup as you could have
2: but, is uh,
1: he, like, look i feel like i'm, I'm, I'm living in an alternative reality we just ripped the starting quarterback to shreds for five minutes to start this podcast and now all of a sudden we have to like find a guy who's worse than him to play backup and you can't get these quarterbacks out of the portal for five cents. You got to pay some money. But you know, When you're recruiting a backup player, right? Like you have to be able to sell him on the idea of, all right, you're
2: going to be a mentor. You can get your degree. Like, or, or say to him, like this kid through
0: this kid completed less than 50% of his passes. We're not gonna do that again. And I think that that's a decent sales pitch to some some like the holy cross quarterback who I guess is apparently not good enough for, for big Ten. I mean, it's just somebody. There's gotta be somebody out there you can sell this to. I don't know. I mean, I get it. You're not gonna get not gonna be a wake Far like the wake forest situation where you're gonna pay a million bucks for him to transfer to Notre Dame. I understand that. I, I, I'm fully aware that's not the situation here, it just seems like. Again, to, to go back with this, you know, we're, we're we're pounding, we're pounding this topic. But
1: here's here's how I would say one of the holy cross quarterback is going to Syracuse because their head coach is gonna get hired there. Right. That's where he's going.
0: As an Two, example,
1: throwing a name. I understand. I just wanted to clarify that because I know a lot of people were clamoring for him as soon as he entered right. the portal, and they're gonna be clamoring for everybody. I saw Indiana's quarterback Brendan Swordsby, is in the portal, and ev- there's a four-page thread on Rivals about whether they should go after him, right? This is gonna happen the entire offseason. <laughs> Here is my perspective on this conversation. If you're going to get a quarterback in the portal, you've got to get a guy that's going to be better than Gavin Wimsett and gets the job. I don't think Rutgers has anywhere close to the means to do that. They don't have Sam Hartman money. I'm not sure they have Hudson Card money that went from Texas to Purdue. You either get a quarterback who you want to start over Gavin Wimsett, who you believe is better than Gavin Wimsett, or you stick with Gavin Wimsett. There, to me, to me, there is no value in going to the scrap bargain bin of quarterbacks in the portal and sell, tell a guy, Hey, you know, you're barely good enough to start at, I don't know, sacred heart, but you could come in here, be a mentor, you know, maybe start. If again, Gavin Wimsett was the least accurate quarterback in college football and Evan Simon did not sniff the field did not even like, there was no thought to Evan Simon, maybe coming on the field and you want them to get a backup quarterback. Who's worse than Gavin Williamson, and pitch to him? Hey, maybe if he throws thirty percent, then you could play. Like what? I just it doesn't. This conversation makes no sense to me. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, we agree to disagree. That's
1: smiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's where it'll that's where it'll end. <laughs> that's where it'll end. <laughs> I would be willing to make a bet with you that that's going to be their room. First of all, I I don't think it's a guarantee that Evan Simon is leaving for what it's worth.
0: I Evan Simon's he, leaving. I, this says, come on. Enough. I
1: think he's most likely gone. I, mean, I don't think on. it's a guarantee. And second of all, I would be willing to make a bet. I think the overwhelmingly favorite odds are that if we enter training camp, when we enter training camp, the quarterback room at Rutgers will be Gavin Wimson, AJ Serace, Johnny Shepard, maybe Evan Simon if he decides to stay, and whatever walk on they get. That to me, I would be surprised if there's any other addition.
0: Okay. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just disagreeing with you that it should be that. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It should be Arch Manning, but (laughs) I don't know what world we live in. All right. Moving on. Let's do some questions from Rutgers Insider before I drive to New New Brunswick.
1: Kyle McCord? Kyle McCord just lost the game. Kyle McCord? His dad went to Rutgers. People forget that.
0: Mm -hmm. Kyle McCord. Put him, bring him in here with Ryan Day as the OC. Okay. Lots of questions here about... The gas comment, we've covered that. We covered the portal pretty well. So here's a good question. I like this one. For ten Rutgers only had five wins going into yesterday. They didn't come back to be Michigan State. They're sitting at five and six. Do you think their performance is any different, knowing they had to win to go bowling? Pat, uh, I don't know.
2: I don't think so. You? I don't think you can change the injuries. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that they were just going to be banged up no matter what and they were going to wilt the way they wilted that was it but it did seem like they were playing with a lack of motivation from the start so maybe right. maybe that is true
0: right all right uh, we talked about that one as well we covered a lot of these guys we did a pretty good job uh, all right. This is a question about injuries. I get it, it. My question is around Rutgers injuries. I get they happen. I turn both ACLs playing in college, but the number of Rutgers injuries seems exceptionally high. Is it the way they're playing or do we need to look harder at the sports performance staff? This is like a giant. This, this Giants question has come up for 20 years on the, on the Giants, but well, why does Giants have more injuries than they're, um And they blame Met Stadium turf. I don't know. I, I, Brian, do you think there are more injuries here? I thought for the most part this year, until recently they've
1: gotten through pretty well with health. Isn't it ironic that they might end up playing at Yankee Stadium, home of like the graveyard of the most injuries in major (laughs) league baseball? It's great. Yep. I don't know. We'd have to do a study on every Big Ten team, how much injuries they have, percentages, starters, and all this stuff. I am not sure if they have more guys banged up than the average team. This is football. It's a violent game. I'm not sure. What exactly the sports performance staff could do. Uh, I would say that their starting quarterback didn't get hurt, which is always good. I think a lot of these injuries are the wear and tear of the season, playing a physical schedule more so than, you know, right. I, they, they, these guys rehab around the clock, like Johnny Langan was doing like 48 hours in a day to try to play this game. Like it's not, I don't know the ins and outs of the program. I would say that blaming the sports performance staff is probably a little easy target. I think some of it is just the fact they play football. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Tony and Lawrence out of 34 pass attempts, I don't know that more than three of Gavin's passes were between the hashes. Is that a play? Is that play calling, or is Gavin refu- refusing or scared to look there? Uh there's one OC question with a bunch of OC questions. Who goes first? <laughs> Gavin as a starter or Kirk Shiraka as OC has to be one or the other. That's from Steve F in Northern Virginia. Um, yeah, I think it's Gavin. I, I don't I think they're afraid to call. They're afraid to call passes in the middle of the field because they're more likely to be picked off. I mean, that's been the entire year, right?
2: That's spot on, in my opinion. And, and just uh, to to play uh, my favorite game of why we can't throw a screen pass. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can't. You know, maybe it's because the I was thinking about this. Uh, maybe it's because the athletic, the offensive line is not athletic enough. Yeah, I'm into space. I, I don't know but they, they can't throw they, they don't throw over the middle because like you said they don't want to turn it over they can't throw screen passes because I don't know
0: so yeah that was fine. great to set the scene in the press conference at press at the press box during the game there were a couple of passes to run it like I think Kamanungga had three receptions. the the entire season and they had three in this case. I don't remember exact stats, but every
2: touchdown looked like a screen.
0: Right. Every, (laughs) every time they threw to a running back, Pat's like screen, 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 like hitting all excited. Like, no, I don't think that was a screen pass. I think that was just a, you know, it was just a pass to running. But yeah, that was good. That was
2: fun. That was fun. It's been my season long thing because I just, I, I, maybe this is a question for Shiano. Now we can ask him like ahead of the bowl game. If you have a quarterback who struggles with accuracy, I would think you would give him simple throws to make his life easier, but they don't. And that's, that's perplexing too. Maybe that's on Chiraca. That's
0: true. Yeah. Uh, All right. This is the other side of it from, from Kevin Fine, friend of the podcast. Uh, After 22 hours of thinking about it, are we looking at this wrong? Everyone is bashing the offense, which I will not, argued can improve drastically, but maybe it has taken a big leap. Wasn't this not one of the best outputs of the year? Basically, this team is designed to win games 24 to the other team less than 24. In other words, the offensive did exactly what it was designed to do. All right, that's an interesting take, K-Fine. Appreciate it. If the defense played better, they might have won that game. I, I just wonder how many of those, again, like there's a natural letup for Maryland when they're up 28-3 as well. You can't discount that.
1: Maryland can run up the score if they really wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they turned it on to start the second half, score that touchdown and the game was essentially over. I do think that this is the way Rutgers wants to play offensively, grind the clock out. We've talked about their identity ad nauseum. This is the way they kind of have to play offensively based on the personnel and talent and depth they have, which is something mm-hmm. that Greg Ciano has alluded to a couple of times. I think that's more of an indictment. Just the fact that they really can't do much else aside from this successfully. Right. right. So when you're not, it's great when you're, winning games and you got to burn out the clock and Kyle Menonga is doing his best Ray Rice impression and doing seven minute drives by himself. But when you're down 25 points or 14 points or whatever, and you need to come back and you have a quarterback who can't throw the ball accurately and can't lead drives. That was one of our questions to start the year. Can mm-hmm. Gavoset lead a game winning drive uh, aside from the Michigan state game? Not really. Right. So I think that's kind of the issue there in and of itself. And I think K fine is doing an admirable job of trying to spin zone this whole situation. I'm not sure. I agree with him.
0: One more on Gavin, uh, and this came up, and I, that's why I love it when I saw it. It was just like, I said that same thing. Uh, this isn't piling on Gavin, but some of his throws look like former second Yankee second baseman Chuck Knobloch as he threw the ball six feet over uh, a receiver's head. And if you don't familiar with Yankee's history, Chuck Knobloch, great second baseman, could not throw to first base, which like became like a thing, a huge thing. Uh, so the question is, does this kid have the yips? I don't know. And I've heard this a million times about him, like – is he better? Like I've heard oh, you should see him in practice, and I get that. Like that's the familiar refrain because practice, obviously, she this kid in practice. Like he's really accurate in practice. Is it possible that he just gets in that pressure situation, and when it's an easy throw, that those are the ones he's missing because he's instead of just not thinking and hitting it there, he be And it's it, you know the three foot putt when you're standing on the green for par. I, I don't know. It's a good theory. Dime store psychoanalysis here. Neither one of you want to bite on that. I, I understand. I don't buy it. You don't buy it. Okay. I just I, think he's uh, an accurate quarterback.
2: Yeah, sure. I think um, yeah. I right, let's go with that. Let's go. Let's go with Prince. <laughs> I don't so even good. want to I don't even want to throw this conspiracy theory out there. So Ooh, we'll please do. do. Please do. Yeah, no, 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 I can't.
1: I can't. I, I would say that we've seen a decent amount of practice ourselves in the past year and a half. I've had many moments of that was an incredible throw from Gavin Wimsett. And I've had many moments of Jesus which I think is pretty much the experience of watching Gavin Wimpset in games. Yeah, and the other part of it is you're not – yeah, that's very true.
0: Okay. All right, CJ and Basket Rids, let's finish it off here with a tailgating question. What is your ideal menu for tailgating, if you can, for the pinstripe bowl? I'm thinking pizza, hot pretzels, and a zero. CJ, I got bad news. I'm pretty sure you can't tailgate at Yankee Stadium, if that's at least not in the parking deck where <laughs> I've paid $50 a game to park there. That the staff, I, I could be wrong, Maybe there's some other places you can. Do you got Pat? You seem like a guy who might have gone to a Yankees game as a fan. Can you uh, tailgate no, there? No. Yeah, I'm no. a Mets guy. I'm a You're a Mets guy. guy? No, I didn't know that. All right, I don't know. Yeah, but if you tailgate, I mean, what what what, what grub would you want there? It's December, so it's got to be some warm. Can you can you have chili at a tailgate? Hot cocoa, little On cocoa, little spiked cocoa, big crock pot of chili, Brian. What
1: do you think? Nice.
2: I'm
1: thinking a nice little dinner made in my house <laughs> because I would not go to the right bowl if I was a Rutgers fan and sit out in that miserable cold watching that miserable field being played on. And you uh, can't now, you can't, if this podcast is is pro going to, you can't be the opposite
0: here on this and say, don't go to the game because then someone's going to come back to us. Well, the like Vincica City we
1: wouldn't go. We'd get that when we've ripped the crowd size. Come on. I ripped the crowd size at SHI stadium. I'm all about going to home games. I see. Watch now, it. Do you think I? It's very hard for me, even me, who is very good at being a curmudgeon, to blame people for not going to Yankee Stadium in the freezing cold to watch an essentially meaningless bowl game against a bad opponent. They're all meaningless. It's bowl games,
0: right? Yeah, I totally I understand. I, I agree with you. There's, I, I'm totally I understand. The only thing I will say, it's your last time you're going to see the game if you're really into the football team and you're you know you you go to every game. It's the last time you're going to see it. You know, it's $50 ticket, $15 toll. It's it's, it's it's certainly easier than if you're not going to go tell me you can't go to the guaranteed rate bowl. Well, that's, I mean, I understand that. But I don't know. If you're a fan, you're probably going to make it to that game.
1: You're off that week. What else are you going to do? To spin it positively, I will commend every Rutgers fan that goes to Yankee Stadium if they get picked to the pinch Strike Bowl. I salute you guys. And I assume these are the same dedicated, hardcore fan base that shows up to SHI Stadium, rain, sleet, or shine every Saturday.
0: All right. What else do we got? Thanks for the questions. Good questions. I hope we answer some of the. We don't have a lot of answers
1: as far as what's going to happen in the portal, but, but those are our theories. Anything else going on? Basketball was off. Basketball's off all week. They play St. Peter's tonight and it could mm-hmm. be the return of Watt Mag. For that would be huge. Yeah. Watt Mag is right around the time in his recovery where it would make sense. We've heard December a lot. And while December starts this weekend, it would be nice to get him 10, 15 minutes to ramp up, test out his leg against in a low-stakes environment against a low-major team. That has been accelerated, that thought, because someone on the Facebook group, the Rutgers Hoops Facebook group, said that their daughter talked to Moat Mag last weekend, and he said he would play on Monday. Some elite reporting (laughs) from a Rutgers student, who I hope joins the Targum at some point. Uh, A little leaky to tell her mother, who then leaks it to the fans, but it is what it is. But that is why I think that Moat Mag will make his... Season debut today against St. Peter's.
2: Okay, a lot of cub reporters out there. Christian Izzy. right?
0: It's good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. We, 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 you never know where you're going to get news from, except could, this
1: podcast. I kid. Come she on. did say she did say that. Don't if she doesn't play, don't blame her, because this information was gathered on a Saturday night in New Brunswick. Information could be a bit scattered, so I will say the same thing. This is a fourth party you're hearing from me. So if he doesn't play tonight, don't blame me. Okay, fair enough.
0: Pat, wrestling?
2: No?
1: Wrestling's in a
2: similar boat. Mm-hmm. And then they wrestle against Edinburgh on Friday night. Oh, Edinburgh. Be a bringing
0: in a team gonna... from Scotland. I don't know. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. They can't. Big <laughs> the grappling. Bi- bi-continental
2: victories.
0: Scott the Highlanders. Goodell. The Highlands. Pretty...
2: Oh, bring it uh, in. So Edinburgh, Friday night, and then... <laughs> Next week we get the rivalry match against Princeton at home, which will gotta be fun.
0: Going to get Dublin next year. See if they can get the entire entirety of the English Isles. No, not English Isles. Anyway, let's move on.
1: All right. Is the is the Princeton Rutgers wrestling rivalry as fired up as basketball one, or just is it charged? It's that good.
2: Look? Yeah, it's really good. It's probably I think it's better. Uh, the matches have been really good, uh, but Rutgers is definitely. Princeton is a little bit down this year, so Rutgers should be favored pretty good and like favored to win uh, by a sizable margin this year. Although they were last year as well, and it came down to criteria. So it's always interesting. It's a it's really, you know, they have a trophy. It's a great rivalry. Their coach <laughs> went to Stanford, right? Or is he still there? Yeah, Chris Ayers went to Stanford, and his right-hand man, Joe Dubuque, is now the head coach of Princeton, uh, jersey guy, state champ from Glen Ridge. Uh, He's been great, great guy, great, great, uh, great guy to take over the Princeton program.
0: All right. I want to do before I want to do a quick, famous Edinburgh, (laughs) Edinburgh (laughs) alumni, play a little emergency boomer zoomer here. Oh, my God. That is amazing. I just I just Googled it. All right. This is great. Okay, This is the famous Edinburgh University, Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. okay, Here. Here it is. Number one.
2: Ready? Sharon Stone. Pat? I got this one, yeah. I know this one. Good. I don't got it. She's, so, she's an actor. Actress. You know who Sharon Stone is? Really? She's, uh was in the Doors movie Casino.
0: Edinburgh University. Is that possible? Yeah, she's from Meadville, Pennsylvania. Sharon Stone, one of the favorite. Uh, yeah. Alma mater. Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. That's incredible. Yes. She
1: yeah. was De Niro's wife in Casino? Yes.
0: Yes. The laundromat. I remember, she's yeah, she's been in a million like a million and ten things. What was her famous? What was the most famous? What am I thinking of? The um oh uh Pulp Fiction? Totally, yeah, Pulp uh no. Is she in Pulp Fiction? I don't know. This is great radio. <laughs> yeah. is well <laughs> yeah, that, I mean yeah, that, well, that, that what, what I thought I like, let's see who that's the fact that you don't know or does not mean that Sharon Snow is not famous. Let's see who the number two, the number two person is Dave Filoni. <laughs> who, um, who? As a he's a voice actor, screenwriter, producer. So yeah, so that's it. Yeah, um Trevor Harris, Canadian football player, quarterback. There you go. <laughs> that's good.
2: <Thousands.
0: laughs> I wasn't thinking <laughs> I was going to come. Schools. I wasn't thinking I was a going to get a Sharon Stone and B stump stump fun cycle with with an edinburgh alum. So that was good. Good ending. And I think we should end it there. All right. We're going to be yeah. back when he was uh, not in Pulp Fiction. She was not a bullpen. She was not a no. And we're going to get so many people going to tell you, how could you not remember Sharon Stone? Anyway. All right. We'll be back on what? Monday to talk about uh, the bowl? When's our next podcast?
1: Yeah, we get the bowl announced on Sunday. Okay. That'll be after the Illinois, men's basketball game against yeah. Illinois, too. So that'd right. be a good point. So let's, let's barring an emergency podcast. Okay. This, next Monday yeah. sounds good to me. Yes. Excellent.
0: All right, gentlemen. Well done. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.